Welcome back, everybody. We continue right here, the Big Talker 1700, all the way to 6 o'clock tonight, Jimmy B and TC. Right now, Pete Mundo's joining us, Heartland College Sports. He focuses in, of course, on Big 12 football. Pete, as always, a belated happy 4th of July, and welcome to the program. Um, as far as you take a look right now at the Big 12, does this conference again look like the conference that like a lion it's going to eat its young or do you think that Oklahoma will separate themselves uh, probably midway through well that's that's a that's a great question Jim and it really is kind of a million dollar question I mean we've had three years now of OU obviously dominating and winning this conference and and while you look at the last two recruiting classes and and, and you know Lincoln Riley is actually recruiting better than Bob Stoops was I mean that last year for Stoops was good but the talent level that OU has is just far away better than what anybody else has in this conference. But if there's going to be a year that it's kind of a loaded field and OU does come back to the pack a little bit, this is the year just because of, you know, when you lose a Heisman winner who's an all-time, not just player, but an all-time uh, leader of men, which is what Baker Mayfield is, there's a step, there has to be a regression to the mean there. There just has to be. Um, and I think that this is the year that that happens. I mean, I like Kyler Murray, but let's be honest. I mean, the guy gets a lot of hype because he was a five-star recruit. That was, what, 2013, 2014? Now, I mean, that's a long time ago. So there's got to be some type of an adjustment there that, that OU is going to have to have early in the season, and maybe that costs them a game, whether it's week three at Iowa State or something like that where uh, they're not totally prepared because they are adjusting to a new team, a new leader and uh, they could trip up early in the season. But I certainly think that when we hit mid-November, OU's going to be in this thing. They're going to have uh, full capability of making the Big 12 championship game. I just believe there's going to be a couple other teams with them in the mix. Pete, when you look at this Oklahoma team, they're the favorite, they're the betting favorite, they're going to be the overwhelming choice when we get to media day here in a little over a week, but... What is the, the Achilles heel? You, you mentioned a little bit about Kyler Murray and how he's going to transform in. When you go through and you look at, is there a position group that maybe you're concerned about? If, if this goes awry, maybe the Sooners won't win the title. Yeah, I think it's the front seven on defense. I mean, a guy that, that left early for OU was Devonta Lampkin, and uh, no one thought he was going to leave for the NFL draft after last year. I think he was a redshirt sophomore. And to be honest, I'm not even sure if he ended up getting drafted. But he was a guy with, with who had a good season last year but and had enormous potential. You know, he had that classic defensive tackle size, 6'4", 320, um, but he was not polished. And everyone thought, okay, this is a guy who, if he develops this offseason, he's going to be an all-Big all 12 guy next year. And then he leaves for the NFL draft, and a lot of people scratch their heads. And, you know, OU has, and for frankly, the entire Big 12, has kind of been looking for that defensive tackle spot for the last 10 years. I mean, the last great defensive tackle you think about in the Big 12 was like Gerald McCoy for OU all those years ago. It's a position that uh, the Big 12 in general has struggled with. That's because the SEC has really been recruiting heavily in Texas and taking a lot of those guys to places like Alabama, you know, LSU, Texas A&M. And it's hurt this conference in a lot of ways. And OU's no different there. Um, they struggle in that front seven. And, you know, they're losing Obor Karonko as well. Uh, they're losing guys like Devonta Lampkin. And they got to be able to replace those guys. And there's a lot of talent there, but it's unproven talent. And on top of that, you know, 
Ask any OU fan. They're not very happy with Mike Stoops and really have been for a few years now. So how Mike mm-hmm. Stoops handles this defense and what he does with that unit is going to potentially make or break this season because we've seen it the last couple of years. The offense has carried this team, and it's time for, uh, for Mike Stoops to step to the plate here a little bit. Um, let me just follow up then with what you're talking about here with Oklahoma. Let's assume then for this conversation that they continue to be somewhat of the big dog. Then your cluster, is it TCU, K-State, Oklahoma State, Iowa State? Are they in that next cluster, or do you see it differently? Yeah, I think that next cluster, Jim, is um, in no particular order, a combination of West Virginia, TCU, Texas, and Iowa State. Uh, those are the four I would put in that next cluster. You know, West Virginia obviously got Will Greer, an explosive offense. Um, mm-hmm. Texas has the talent and the potential. A lot of people love Texas. I, I, I you know, I got to see it to believe it for crying out loud. We've been saying this for 10 years. I mean, can Texas prove something before we start handing them trophies? We do it every year, and I'm just, I don't do it. Uh, but they certainly have the talent. And what's interesting, I think Texas in many ways this year is somewhat similar to what happened to Iowa State two years ago and that they lost a lot of close games under a first-year head coach. And when that first-year head coach gets a full offseason with his guys, his talent, his style, uh, that can be a big jump in year two. And Texas lost a ton of games by a touchdown or less, just like Iowa State in 2016. Um, and then, you know, the other teams that had in that mix, of course, Iowa State, you know, I mean, we don't have to tell you guys all the talent that's there and what's coming back. And Getting back Kyle Kent for a year was huge with Montgomery and you look at that defense and, and, you know, what Campbell has built on that side of the ball, and it's pretty darn impressive up front, a guy like Ray Lima on the back end, people like Brian Peavy, there's, there's quality talent there. And then, you know, Gary Patterson quietly recruits a top 25 class year in, year out since this team's been in the Big 12 Conference. And I'm just, uh, I'm not going to, especially as the best coach in the conference, I'm not going to say no to Gary Patterson being in the mix in November. Well, speaking of great coaches and maybe one that doesn't get the run that he should, how about Mike Gundy at Oklahoma State? Out of that group, West Virginia, they're kind of the chic pick with Will Greer. You talked about Texas, and and people want to jump on that train. Oklahoma State's won double-digit games the last three seasons. They have to return. They have to replace their quarterback. I get that with no Mason Rudolph. James Washington's gone. Aitman's gone. But but still, with the consistency that has been shown with Oklahoma State, why do you think they're not getting more love? Because uh, they don't deserve it. I mean, they, they just don't. I, I know they've won 10 games in three straight years, and everyone says, you know, no one does better with three-star recruits and finding undervalued guys than Mike Gundy, and that's all well and good. But let's not forget, I mean, Mike Gundy is going to be deciding this year between a transfer quarterback from Hawaii and a true freshman. To think that he essentially hasn't recruited a quarterback over the past three years that he feels confident in to replace Mason Rudolph, who you knew was going to be gone after the 2017 season, is it's just not a good sign. I mean, he's kind of struck lightning in a bottle here with 2011, uh, with that Brandon Whedon, Justin Blackman class, and then these last couple of years with you know Mason Rudolph and James Washington and all the talent at wide receiver, but you know. Oklahoma State has just not recruited well based on how much they've won games. I mean, Baylor beat them in the recruiting rankings this past year, and they almost beat them two years ago with a new coach coming off a massive scandal. Uh, that's mm-hmm. just that's 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 not um, it's embarrassing, frankly. And Mike Holder called out Mike Gundy, the athletic director, called out Gundy a couple weeks ago, and then kind of backtracked. 
uh, on the recruiting, and he was right. So I have a ton of questions about this Oklahoma State team this year. Um, if if they get to a bowl game, I'd be impressed based on what's coming back, the talent they have coming in, some changes to the coaching staff. I think it's a, a very intriguing year for Oklahoma State. And with the talent and depth in this conference, there are no gimme wins outside of Kansas. Pete Mundo is our guest right here on the Big Talker 1700. Pete, USA a newspaper and their writers have listed Iowa State running back David Montgomery in their top ten. Does he have to run for 1,500 yards and 20 touchdowns for Iowa State to be successful? Where do you, where do you like the Cyclones right now? Well, I, I think the great thing about David Montgomery is that a lot of his usage can continue to be uh, catching balls in the flat and out of the backfield. I mean, you get that guy in okay. open space, he may have the best feet in the entire conference, and uh, and that's saying something. So you can actually, in some ways, maybe lessen the wear and tear in his body by, you know, if you can rush for 1,200 and you can get five, 600, maybe more through the air, uh, I mean, that would be huge for, for David Montgomery. And I do think early in the season the um, – the reliance on him is going to be a little bit heavier because you're losing guys like Alan Lazard at wide receiver. And while there is still a lot of talent there, and Akeem Butler, I think figuring out who's going to be that number one guy out wide is going to take a little time for Kyle Kemp and this team. So, I mean, I think Montgomery has to have a, uh, I mean, he's got to have a big time, all Big 12 type of season for this team to be successful. But I don't think he has to have a Heisman type of, you know, 2,000 yard, one of those insane seasons for this team to be good because. There is a lot of talent on that side of the ball. Last thing for me, we're talking with Pete Mundo right now. Find his work in others at Heartland College Sports covering the Big 12. So uh, new athletic director at Kansas, Jeff Long, formerly of Arkansas. Brett Bielema is out of a job. More than likely, Kansas will be making a new hire in football in the very near future. (laughs) Big Burt Bielema to Kansas? You willing to go down that road? I'm not buying it, not yet. I mean, obviously, Bielema's got the ties to K-State where he was the former defensive coordinator. Some people have talked about him potentially replacing Bill Snyder, but, you know, unless he wants to uh, wait another 10 years, I don't see Bill Snyder going anywhere right now. So uh, I think that Kansas is in a, a really interesting spot where Bielema, a guy like Bielema does make some sense, um, and I do get why that would be appealing to some people, but I would be too afraid that it'd be similar to the Charlie Weiss scenario. And I'm not saying that because they're both fat guys. I mean, because <laughs> you have two washed-up coaches that, um, you know, certainly have big names and big cachet, but you need a grinder. I mean, you need somebody that's going to pound the pavement, not somebody like Brett Bielema who was fired and got $13 million in his bank account for doing that. I mean, th- th- that's just, you know, you need a hustler for that job, and I'm just not convinced that Brett Bielema is of that mindset right now. Not that he's not... Uh, a good head coach, or, you know, he was great in Wisconsin. He was not as good at Arkansas. Mm-hmm. Um, and Arkansas is similar to Kansas where, you know, you are kind of at the bottom of the food chain in your conference or in your division. you got to out-hustle people. you got to outwork people. And he did not do that um, at Arkansas. And I don't know why he would end up doing that at Kansas, to be totally honest. I mean, the name Brett Bielema is not going to uh, have a recruit salivating to go there. Yeah, it might get you in the right. front door. But I don't think it closes the deal for you, and uh, Kansas needs a, a hustler and a closer right now who's proven head, who's proven as a head coach. I mean, whoever their Matt Campbell is, that's what they have to find. David Beatty had never no. been a head coach at the college level. Mm-hmm. 
that's a fair comparison if they can find another Matt Campbell. You're right. Those guys are far and few between, Pete, as you know that. And I agree with you. they got to find a, a hustler and a, and a closer. But saying it and then finding that guy, we've seen what has happened to Kansas after they kicked Mark Mangino out of there. They've gone right in the dumpster, and they really have become a dumpster fire. Is it a, a case now where some coaches would shy away from that job because they deem it too difficult to even turn it around to even get the 500? Yeah, I, I think that whatever whoever Kansas wants, they're going to have to overpay for, and that's you know that's their own fault. I mean, they tried to go cheap with David Beatty. The guy was a wide receivers coach at A and M. I mean, they paid him what I think a million and a half bucks off the bat, which I know the three of us would take in a heartbeat, but. You're talking about FBS coaching at the Power 5 level, and that's just that's not going to cut it. So now, because of their mistakes over the past several years, and because of where the program is, they are going to have to overpay. And um, that's just the reality of the situation. If they think they're going to grab some hotshot coach out of you know the MAC and try to underpay him, I, I just don't think he can do it. Because if you're a hot coach in the MAC, like, say, Matt Campbell out of Toledo a couple of years ago, why would you take that job? I mean, you'll be out of work mm-hmm. in three years, and you'll be a coordinator somewhere after that. And if you're a guy in your late 30s, early 40s, and kind of hitting your stride, that's not appealing. But if you guarantee a guy enough money where if he does bomb out, he's at least got security for his family and uh, his future, uh, he'll, he'll certainly at least uh, consider it a little bit more. Pete, good stuff. Uh, what do you guys have planned at Heartland College Sports for Big 12 Media Days? Yeah, we'll be down there, guys, in uh, Frisco, and we'll have Four of us uh, covering all that. Myself, Derek Duke, uh, Dave Beal will be down there, and Matthew Post and the whole gang. So we're looking forward to uh, getting down to the Frisco and, and bringing our readers and uh, all our listeners is the best content that we can for the Big 12. Well, don't worry. Uh, don't. I think your phone might ring a time or two from Des Moines looking to uh, get you guys on. Enjoy your trip down there. We'll talk again soon. Anytime, Jim. Trying, trying to appreciate it, guys. That is our man, Pete Mundo. You can find Heartland College Sports online and uh, also on Twitter. Guys do a great job over there covering the Big 12, Jimmy B. Interesting mm-hmm. year in front of us. we got a clear-cut favorite in Oklahoma, but uh, who's nipping at their heels? Who do you like? I- I've That's told it. you last couple of weeks yep. I've been zeroing in. Maybe Kansas State is that surprise team is one that I've been taking a look at. Who do you like uh, in that second choice right now? Well, I'm kind of with him on TCU a little bit. I, I really am just because it's Gary Patterson, and we know what he can do as a head coach with the talent that he has. Uh, I, I still, and I know Will Greer is there at West Virginia, but I don't know yet if I'm still sold on the Mountaineers. And I know you like K-State, and, and rightfully so. So I'm, I'm just like bouncing footballs up in the air right now, trying to figure out really which two teams or even three teams are on that second tier. And I know Iowa State fans would like to say, well, what about the Cyclones? I'm not, I'm not sold yet that they're on the same tier as TCU and maybe K-State at, at the moment mm-hmm. until the season gets going, and they are really front-loaded, which Pete talked about, so they're going to have to see how they come out of those first six games. Going to be interesting. We're coming back on the other side as we take you up until 6 o'clock this evening. we got Wolfgang coming up next on Jimmy B and TC. Jimmy B and TC continues on here with you until 6 o'clock tonight. 
We got Wolfgang here with us. You can find him on Twitter at Wolfgang Hawkeye. And uh, you can also hear him from time to time during basketball season in the Instant Reaction podcast over at HawkeyeNation.com. Wolfgang, what's happening? Not much, brother. Not much. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. Ready for the weekend after yesterday. A bit of a struggle to get back into the swing of things, but... Doing better today, and it's Friday all of a sudden, which is really, really good. But we got plenty of things to talk about here today, and you mentioned something to me right before we came on here today. Uh, John Miller and Steve Dace, who do the Hawkeye Nation podcast, they also do the Bigger Ten podcast, they were getting into revenue, and uh, I listened to the guys. In fact, last night I was listening to them go back and forth a little bit, and Steve Dace basically stated that, I was not getting their money's worth for what they bring in revenue-wise, one of the top 20 revenue generators in the country as an athletic department, and they're all sports standings. Well, not very good. Your initial reaction when uh, you heard Dace going down that avenue? Okay, so this will be fun because I do not know your opinion on this. It's kind of fun. I mean, I like to sometimes I like to have a little hint of what you might. I have no idea what your opinion on this is. But I'm sitting there listening to going, and he's bringing up some stuff, and he was okay with Hawkeye fans, and he's not a Hawkeye fan. Whatever you want, that's good enough for him. It doesn't matter. He's not going to tell you how to be a fan. And I agree with that. But I started thinking, you know, because I, I love Kirk, and I love, you know, I, I'm not a guy that wants to fire everybody. That's just not who I am. Um, but I look at this and go, are we giving everybody on the Hawkeye side of things, the coaches, um, the athletic directors, everybody, are we giving them a pass? So that was, that kind of came to me. Are we becoming soft is what I kind of came to the conclusion of, and I don't know. Maybe I am. Maybe I'm not expecting enough. I think it was three top 25 finishes since 2006 in uh, in football, I believe it was, Trent. Um, and you can do these, I mean, you can do these, uh, if you cut it off at this year, Trent. Mm-hmm. You can make anything look good. There's like a four-year span where we're third in the Big Ten. You know what I mean? Right. Big right. Ten wins. I think there's a four-year span. We're a third in the Big Ten. I think we're tied with Michigan State. So tied for third. So, I mean, you can cut this off anytime you want. Um, are we headed on the right track? Are we Are we seeing what we need to see from the football program, the basketball program? I mean, we can bleed into anything. Do the, what do they call the cup, the cup things with all sports trends? Do you remember what they call that? The blankety-blank cup. So you, it's basically all sports are involved, and then you, you are put out there against every single team, every single sport, and I think we were 56. Yeah, the, close to that trend. the Director's Cup, yeah. Yeah, I mean, so what's your opinion on that? I'll give you my opinion, but what's your opinion on the Director's Cup? Do you care? Do you kind of care a little bit or somewhat? I mean, is it even bothersome to you at all? I'm, I'm interested. It really isn't. Uh, it, it's something where I know people that are detractors of Gary Barta or the athletic department as a whole, easy to point to. You know, it's it's right there for you, so you don't have to do a whole lot of work. But but what does it mean? You know, if if I was men and women's tennis teams were excellent, or if the field hockey team was winning national champions championships like they did back in the day, would that matter to me? No, it wouldn't. Well, a little bit. I mean, okay, so you're, you're going like, you're going black and white. You're not going gray. It'd be kind of cool to have a sweet women's, uh, field hockey team like we did back in the day. I went to, I went to class with some of them. I mean, it's kind of cool being able to say that, but you say you wouldn't even, like, even get on your radar. Obviously, you're not going to talk about it. Right. On the radio. I understand that. So, for me, those, those things don't matter. And, 
you, know, you look at the other schools and, you know, your peer group, it's Nebraska and it's Minnesota and it's Wisconsin. You know, the, the peer group that Iowa has kind of in this area in the Big Ten, well, it's completely different. What, uh, what Iowa is, A, population-wise, especially compared to Minnesota and Wisconsin, and you start right there, there's no other D1 program in Minnesota. Not one. I mean, we're not mm-hmm. even talking about a program at the level of Drake and you. They have one D1 program when you constitute it as basketball with 351. One D1 now, program. Why is that? It's a great question. I, I, that's what I don't get. I was, what, 3.5, something like that, million? What's Wisconsin? Why do they only have one? I don't get that. Why does Nebraska only have one? It's, it's interesting, and it's weird, and it gives them an upper hand. It does. Now, you can look to other sports and say, you know, but it's weird that, like, Wisconsin and Nebraska, two teams that you say are kind of our peer, well, Wisconsin isn't anymore. And let's be honest. Wisconsin, they got it going on over there. Barry Alvarez, for whatever reason, is just a stud. I'm not sure I'd want to play for him. I'm not sure I'd like him as my neighbor. But dude knows what he's doing, Trent. They are. And, and Wisconsin, you look at what the Badgers have done. You know, they've been able to go so through. Trent, I did not look this up. So if you, want, if you want me to talk while you look this up, I'm interested to see where Wisconsin is in that cup, cup race. Because you're right. It's basketball with Bo Ryan, or their coach now. It's football being studs and everybody gaining national respect for Wisconsin over this year. We've kind of lost a little bit of respect. Even though I said the last four years, Iowa, third in the Big Ten, and Big Ten wins. Pretty sure on that. Don't quote me. Tied for third, I believe. Pretty good. Pretty good for Iowa. Am I just settling? As Steve Davis would kind of say, I don't think that was his exact quote, but he was kind of putting it out there. He's like, if you're okay with that, I'm okay with that. If you're okay with making this many millions of dollars and just being two spots better than Jamie Pollard and Iowa State in the, in the all-sports race, I kind of get it. He kind of got me a little bit, I'll be honest with you. I'm a little a little down about this. This is a little bit of a joke. I'm trying to find Wisconsin here as I'm scrolling through the list. Minnesota, okay. Minnesota's 18th and Wisconsin's 22nd. Oh, my God. That's... So they don't weight this stuff any different towards sports that matter or money. Right, right. Obviously. I mean, they... So, so women's tennis is the same as men's football. Correct. Okay, okay, now I'm starting to get this. This is fun how we start to realize this, that this is a joke. That's pathetic. It's embarrassing that they would weight those things, those things the same. It is. Football is, it brings in so much more money. So does basketball. Um, but I have grown on this thing a little bit. The cup thing, I, I actually want to be good at different sports. Wrestling, I'm not cool with being second or third. It looks like in wrestling we're going to be kind of good this year. I'm kind of pumped about it. This is Iowa. This is, I know a lot of people don't give a damn about wrestling. We do here in Iowa. And I know uh, Kale brought a thing out to Penn State, and he's a stud, and we know he's a stud, and he's going to go maybe down as the best wrestler ever and the best coach. I mean, he's chasing Dan Gable, and he's probably going to catch him. He probably is. And I care about women's basketball. I don't know if you do. I, I do. do yep. care. I will go to a game. Um, do I care hardcore about it? No. But there, there should be weighted stuff. Football, men's basketball. See, I can't say wrestling. I came with me. That's how I weigh it. Um, women's basketball cares to me. And then the cool thing about Iowa, Trent, and it's not like we can talk a lot about this on the radio in the future or whatever. 
it's not like we can, but it's kind of cool, Trent, that, that baseball is legit in Iowa now, in Iowa City. It's kind of legit. It's not crazy great, but it's like that, that coach knows what he's doing. He knows how to do it. He knows how to build a program, and it's kind of cool that we're actually somewhat relevant. So I would, I would put baseball into that, too. What am I forgetting? Well, are, how many points do you think Iowa got this year for baseball in the, in the Director's Cup? Yeah, see, that's, that's a hard question to answer because I don't know how many points they gave. Right, they, like, got, z- they got zero. They got zero. They didn't make the NCAA tournament, so they got zero. No, uh, I, that's com- okay, yeah. all right, let's do our own. Let's, all right, we can sit there and crack on them. Let's do our own damn cup. Well, and here's the thing. Wisconsin doesn't have baseball. The Badgers oh don't are have a baseball joking? program. Okay, so we, we obviously see the problems in this right. formula. Yes. Minnesota picked up their points in softball, baseball, well, wait, as they wait, made it to the Super the Regionals. We points in baseball that, that Wisconsin got, who doesn't have a team. Right. That's Men's tennis, they got 64 points. Track and field, they got 15 on the women's side, 45 and a half on the men's side. It's, these are the things that it just doesn't matter. If the track and field program is great, wonderful. And if it's not, I don't care. I'm not going to lose sleep. <laughs> I, if, what if, if it adds to your football wide receivers? If Iowa yeah. wins a national championship in field hockey, in track and field, in softball, well, softball I, I do enjoy, not going to lie. But, I mean, when women and men's golf, they, they win four national championships, and they're, they're second in the country in the Director's Cup standings, and the football team's 3-9, and nine, and the basketball team is 9-23. and 23. I don't care. I don't care. I think this is much ado about nothing. I really do. But it, it's kind of fun. Obviously, we're in the summer here, but it's fun to think about how we would do the formula. Like, true sports dudes. But the guys that, yeah, you'll have a right, beer but about. That's not, that's not what this is. This Let's is... Do our own one, Trent. I think that'd be fun. Screw them. This okay. is obviously bogus. If they're comparing men's football to women's field hockey, obviously this is a flawed thing. They're comparing everything to the same... That's, it's obviously a joke. Nobody considers a field hockey championship, other than friends and family, the mm-hmm. same as somebody that does that watches football. And even if I ask people that didn't know about football, they still say, give me the, the college football championship or great record any day over a field hockey team or a women's soccer or a men's soccer. And I like soccer. You know that. So I am not bashing on soccer. I don't think it's nothing. I do believe it is something. But at some point, it's, where do you go? I think we could weight this totally different and make it fun. I think there's, like, something out there that people aren't looking at. So football's got to be just weighted hard. Men's basketball, hard. And then where do you go with, seriously, where do you go with tennis? Right. Women's tennis. I mean, so, some people... Now, some people, say, some people will say that wrestling's a joke. Yes. I dare you to say that to their face. Right, that right but, but that's the thing. I mean, we, we laugh about tennis, but some people consider tennis bigger than... They don't have wrestling. How many D1 programs have wrestling? It's something like 86 or something like that. So it's it's different for everybody, and that's why they don't weigh it that way. It is every sport's put in there. You get to take, I think, your top 19, and that's what you go. I mean, you go with that, and that's how the standings come up. And places like Stanford that has 20-some you know, so they win it pretty much spots. every year, Trent, is that right, or no? Yeah, I mean, pretty it's close it, to winning it every year. It's the same group. It's Stanford, UCLA, Florida. You know, those those are the teams year after year that Florida. seemingly are always oh. up there. 
teams with a lot of money, and, and Iowa themselves has a lot of money. Is Iowa getting their money's worth, though? And and that's the question I believe that the guys that Steve Dace was, was posing. Is Iowa getting their money's worth for the revenue that they generate? 18th in the country in terms of revenue. Are they getting their money's worth? Success that we've had versus the money we're spending. I don't know how you could argue we are. So do you, I mean, I'm trying to think of that side of the argument. All right, let me slow down. Just go, go just the opposite side here. Try to tell me why we are. I can't even think, I could not do that. Why Iowa's getting their money's worth. Iowa is getting their money's worth. They're 18th in the, you know, revenue. And really, they're how many, they're so close to being like top 10. It's not even, I mean, it's very close, right? Mm-hmm. I would think. I think I heard that. But anyway, I might be wrong on that. What argument could you be could be made that we are actually getting our money, our bank for our buck? I don't uh, even know that argument. And you know me, man. I like to argue. Iowa has made a bowl game 15 of the last 17 years. One of the years that they didn't, they were 6-6 six and six and would have been in a bowl every pretty much season since 2007. It just happened that that year. Fell in a year where the Big Ten didn't have a tie that season, and that went that way. So that would be one. You, know, you mentioned top 25, and I was finished in the top 25 just three times during the last, what was it, nine years? That's 2006, years. I believe. Okay, in the last 11 years, three times. Well, also, not including those, they finished 8-5 and five four different times, probably just on the fringes of the top 25. You can argue the merits of those seasons. 2010 was a huge disappointment. At 8-5, and five, that was a disappointing year. You go back to 2016, though, even last year, 2017, 8-5, maybe even a shade better than what a lot of people anticipated. So you can play this a lot of different ways. When they went 8-5 and five on the heels of the 4-8 and eight season in 2013, that was a successful season. So if you're you're just cutting it up to what top 25. Why top 25? Why, why does that matter? Because... Sure. That that's a metric that's easy to track. Sure, okay, but eight and five at Iowa, it's a pretty good baseline. It's a good place to so, start. It's very fair what you're saying because you know you're obviously going off what you know what you think and what I I said at, at the same time you said like if you're 26 three years in a row and everybody says oh you're not top 25 right. man you're just not I mean I mean you, you finished 26 three times so it's, I totally get that I'm glad you get that. There is nobody, you are not going to have to pump up Kirk Ferentz to me. I love the dude. I love him. But I'm like, am I a little bit of a homer here? Listening to Dave talk about that. Listening to other people that say he's paid too much or he should not be paid that much and he's overrated. Um, it makes me at least think, I think that's good, that when somebody on the outside actually says that, because we think we know more, right? We do know more. We definitely know more. But last year's basketball program, Prime example, Trent, where I didn't know what the hell I was talking about, man. I feel so dumb, and I'll never live that down. Anybody that wants to come at me at the bars or at the sports bars or the, or at uh, any restaurant we're at, come at me, man, because I got nothing. No idea. No idea that that team was going to suck this bad. And it's up to Gary Barta. I don't know him. Never met him. Never met the dude. So I have no idea. I understand he's a nice guy, really nice guy, mm-hmm. and I'm not looking for anybody to get fired. But let's step this up a little bit. Props. I'll give you more props than anything, Gary Barta, on the, bas- the baseball thing. That is so cool that we now have a baseball program that is, is, pop- it is popular for the in-state guys to come to and 
Obviously, guys, we have a shot here. This guy knows so much. People have respect for this coach in Iowa baseball. It's cool to me. And that's probably a small thing, and it's, it's equal in their setting, in their analytics, in their all that stuff, to women's tennis or men's tennis or, or field hockey, where we don't even play the sport in high school, Trent. We don't even play the damn sport in high school. That's not equal to me. It's so cool to be good at baseball. Iowa baseball. Is that not cool to you? Yeah, yeah, I enjoy it. I mean, whether I'm BTN, I'll watch it. I try to make it over, watch a game every year. Absolutely. It's, it's a sport that I enjoy. I don't know anything about field hockey. I, I don't. I don't know anything about a lot of the sports we're talking about, about track and field. And, I mean, tennis, I know how to score it, but I don't know what constitutes what's good, what's bad, and how many teams are out there. You know, gymnastics, you can beat your chest and say, you know, I was men's gymnastics teams in the top 25 every year. Well, you know what? There's only 24 programs. I hope they are. So, <laughs> wait, say that again. Say that again, Trent. What? There's 24, I believe, 24 men's D1 programs in gymnastics. <laughs> okay. I got to look and this we up. We were what? <laughs> what did you say, dude? Oh, that was funny. Let's see. Here we go. Oh, man. How many? Oh, no, no. It's down to 16 now. 16. Are you joking? 16 teams. And we're what? Well, I don't know. In the top 20, in the top 16 every year, right? We better be. That means the other programs, people are paying to play. They're not even getting scholarships, right? The East Region has 11 teams from two conferences. Illinois, Illinois, Chicago, Iowa, Michigan, Minnesota, Ohio State, Penn State, and then Springfield, the U.S. Military Academy, the U.S. Naval Academy, and William & Mary. Those are the teams of the East Region. Your West Region comprise of Cal, Nebraska, Oklahoma, Stanford, and Air Force. 16 programs. Hey, beat your chest. Top 16 every year. Who cares? Imagine that, Stanford. God bless America. They got the money over there. Yeah. They want that cup every time, don't they? Oh, yeah. They want it. There's other programs that don't give a crap. And if you don't give a crap, Gary Barber, I'd almost... No, he couldn't say that. No. He obviously and he could wouldn't. not say He wouldn't. That's not who he is. No, he's not. He's, he, I lie. I, never mind. Anyway, but yeah, it's just interesting to see what people care about. What do you want? But I think we should do our own one where we weight everything. Football should be so weighted. It's not even funny. you got how many scholarships, Trent, versus the other programs. The money they bring in versus everything. I know everything's not about money, and you want these people in this sport to have a shot and these people in this sport to have a shot. I get it. I totally get it. But at some point, if, if you think this sport should be followed, go watch it. You go watch it. These people that say, yeah, everybody should be following this. This is, oh, this is terrible. These are terrible that these people are watching this. You go watch it. You're 52% of the population. You go watch it. I'm not. Neither am I. Neither of my. Well, I gave you a homework assignment on Monday, Wolfgang. Did you prepare it all? Did not. Does that surprise you one bit? What was that? I said I did not. Does that surprise you one bit? No, not at all. I'm putting Wolfgang uh, on the spot. I, I like it a little bit. Sometimes we get a little nervous. All right. It's, it's a good thing. It's a good thing. Coming back, I gave Wolfgang a homework assignment. He didn't do it. He's sweating in his desk right now. He's trying yeah. to figure out what he's going to do. 
We're going to break down minutes for basketball coming up next year. <laughs> oh, no. As we continue on, back with more in a moment.